Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears. This is Aaron Warby. I'm joined again today by Tarina. Hello. Wonderful wife. Yep. Um, I have a couple of things to go through today, and th- this one is going to be a little bit more concentrated than others. All right, I'm going to ha- I'm going to focus in on just a couple of things because, um, you know, because this program is meant to help people develop the thinking of an investor or trader. All right. Now, most right. of this today is going to be concentrated on investing, mm-hmm. um, but there I'm going to sprinkle in some trading stuff in there as well. So, And so when we say investing, we're talking about long-term hold trades. And when we're talking like... Yeah, long, this is retirement This is, this stuff, is right? like retirement things like wealth management, like you're building up that accumulation of wealth to retire on and stuff, and you want it to continually... Um, slow grow, right? Exactly. Um, with trading, when we say the word trader, we're really meaning that like, like that you're day trading or that you're in and out of the markets like on a weekly basis trying to capture um, profit and that you're living off the income or that you're not really looking for um, wealth management techniques for the long term. Mm-hmm. If you get wealth management like if you develop a lot of money really quick, then, you know, then yeah, you could switch into that wealth management technique. So, um, but day well, trading is for, anyway, in, right? yeah, but day trading, when we say trader, we really just mean day trader. We mean people who that's, that's what they do to yeah, earn day their or income. Swing trader, right? Yeah. Day or swing trader. And so I just wanted to make that, that clear. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, on the wealth side, you know, what we're looking uh, for is something that we can put in our portfolio. It's going to, uh, you know, it's going to last and it's going to, you know, it's going to give us some time. And during that time, it's going to be, you know, taking our accounts up with it, you know, at a, at a pretty good clip. But it, it's not something that we're going to be in and out of. Right. We're going to, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to buy and hold, but we are going to buy and hold it for longer mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> than if we were trading it. Right, right. right. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'll explain why it's not a buy and hold type uh, strategy uh, investing, or at least probably shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do want to go over this, okay? One of the big mistakes that I think that both traders and investors make is, is they look at the news, all right? Uh, now, news is... News is supposed to be news, but, you know, when it comes down to it, it biases you towards an opinion and away from real data. And that's kind of where I'm going with it. Uh, Now, news has always been biasing people. In fact, um, in fact, uh, there, there was a statistic that came out. The people that read, that don't read the news are 30% less depressed than people that do read the news. I, I thought that was astounding. Not quite as not quite as astounding as the numbers behind uh, you know those that are on Facebook, uh, those depression levels, as opposed to those that aren't on Facebook. But still, pretty astounding. Just the news biases uh, you towards depression, and in this case, news is going to bias you to either be bullish when you shouldn't be bullish, or bearish when you shouldn't be bearish. Mm-hmm. And so on Thursday, we had you know the t- top headline on Yahoo News, and obviously, I did look at Yahoo News. Okay, because you said it. Yeah, because uh, uh, yeah, I saw it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But that doesn't mean that I spend a lot of time on Yahoo News. It's that I'm trying I to teach my students. I spend too much students. time on Yahoo News, and I realized that they um, they monitor what, what kind of articles you're reading. Mm-hmm. Because I used to have lots of news articles that were like political or what's going on in the world and stuff, and now it's slowly gotten into more of like the financials. No. Oh no. I'm so. No, not the finance and the financials, right? <laughs> no, now it's getting into like the um oh, what are those things that you see at the at the um when you're checking out and the tabloids. It's getting into tabloids. more tabloid stuff and I'm like, I've got to stop looking <laughs> at what's going on with Emily Blunt or with like Will and Kate and Harry and all those people or or like I don't know, just weird articles like, Oh, I my trip extended in Italy and now I've been married for forty years to this wonderful guy and and I live in Italy and I'm an expat or something. You know, like those crazy kind of things that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to like get back into the world. But CNN? No, no, no. It's all political. It's all like yeah, that CNN kind of is stuff. all political. So, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it, but Yahoo—they're tracking you. Huh? They're tracking me. Well, and I only read like in CNN. I go when I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what's really going on in the world. They're tracking me, <laughs> anyways. So I see what you're saying. Like, and Yahoo's tracking you because you look at the financials all the time. So they'll give you financial stuff, and it depends well, on when I'm what thing I'm on. Because if I'm on my computer at home, yeah, Yahoo goes to financials. It just goes to the financial yeah. page. Well, so. Yeah, it's probably tracking the IP, IP address, address. But yeah. um, but if you're logged in, it's going to track you personally. Yeah. Now, I don't log in, but I only, you know, when I go to Yahoo, it's not just Yahoo, it's Yahoo, Yahoo Finance. Finance. And so I expect only to see the finance stuff. Right. Right. Now, what I'm looking for, of course, is, uh, is just uh, some of their quick research mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. not research, but the numbers, because Yahoo Finance, you can, you know, uh, you can put in, it's kind of user-friendly. So w- with my students, I'll go ahead and put in the, uh, you know, the ticker symbols. Yeah. And it just pops. And it pops up with their summary and their financials and things like that. And that's something that doesn't require a professional account. So it's something that they can go to. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of what I use it for, but, but I try and ignore the headlines. Some of them pop out. All right. So the, the top headline on Thursday was U.S. futures stall after record-setting rally. Okay, now if you saw that, futures are stalled, right? Right. Record-setting rally, and it's just stalled out. Right. That might bias you um, to think, all right, I either need to get out of this market or it's time to look for a downside. You know, it's probably going to drop because it's been on a record-setting rally. Um, Both of those would have been the wrong thing to do. Uh Uh-huh. Because what happened on Friday... Well, the S&P shot up another $26, all right, um, <laughs> above the high, by the way. It, it, yeah. it dropped down a little bit, uh, yeah. so it went up quite a bit more than that, but it went $26 above the high, right. um, you know, setting a new all-time record high. of 5138 for the full contract, Woo-hoo! S&P 500. Right. All right, 5100 Wow. Well, and that's interesting that you said that because like today I was like, well, is today payday Friday? And I was looking at the markets and I'm like, it's payday Friday. No, that's exactly Everything's right. Everything's up. And yeah. I was like, okay. And that's what I wanted to go Even to. Even my crummy, like, not my crummy trade, but like my long-term <laughs> wealth trade. I was like, oh, it's up. But I've been researching it because it usually goes up during this time of the year. Yes. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, and I'm also um, so. what you're into is a commodity type 
company. Yeah, it's a long term. Yeah. And yeah, what so. you, you know, one of the things that that, that, that particular thing is going to do, because it, it's an oil type company, right? Um, it's a shipping it's company. A oil shipping company. Oil shipping company. Right. Something like that. Okay, and that's all I'm telling. oil <laughs> is going up. Hooray. All right. So, uh, yeah, crude is is breaking out and going well up. Uh, that's going to affect some of the companies and especially those that track commodities. Interestingly enough, I was looking at another um, company that um, ha- like charges electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Well, not say what they were. And they've been they've been steadily going down. Mm-hmm. for a while and and now they're saying oh we found another investor and so they went up a little bit today so i i'm not invested in them i was just like looking at them and saying oh what do they do and and let me take a look at these guys um anyways but oil's going up so it's kind of like yep, meh, crudes up crudes up so they might go up because yep. then so people associated companies crude, crude. Uh, associated companies like uh, delta you know, the, well yeah and even those well I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know that the airlines were up, but well, you uh, not. yeah. But uh, you you would Excuse see me. things like energy transfer. Mm-hmm. They'd be up, mm-hmm. um, and DSX, you mm-hmm. know, another transfer oil company, transfer company, yeah, uh, would be up. Um, so the associateds would go up with it. Exxon Mobil, Chevron, both of yeah. them are up today. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. And it's payday Friday. And it's payday Friday, but and that's actually where I want to go with up. this. Because just because it went up today after a stalled market. Doesn't mean it's going to continually go mean, up. Right, right. Like yeah. Uh, you next can't, week. You can't count on it. You really need to be watching. Yeah. So, you know, charts. one of the things that you should never do is try and short on payday Friday. Uh, you've just got so much money coming in, you know, because what what's happening on payday Friday is... All of the money for the 401ks, you know, people get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that money just is taken out of their paycheck, goes directly over to uh, the mutual funds, the 401ks, which are mutual funds, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and they simply throw the money at the market, all right? They're what we call indiscriminate buyers, meaning mm-hmm. that they don't care what the price is. They're going to buy on payday Friday. Because that's, that's just what, what they're supposed to happen. do. Every yeah. now and then Thursday, but usually Friday. Usually Friday. Mm-hmm. So unless we've got a curtailed Thursday, mm-hmm. as in, you know, a holiday type uh, situation, right. <clears throat> it's going to be Friday. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, that's interesting. It should be interesting to both investors and to traders, but for different reasons. Okay. Now, for traders... They would be interested to know what's going to happen on payday Friday, but they should be really interested to know where these mutual funds um, are throwing their money because, again, we've got indiscriminate buyers. Right. And if so, you're if, if you're in a situation where you want to sell, mm-hmm. all right, you bought it earlier in the week, something like that, and now it's you want to sell, but you've got a payday Friday coming up, well, you might want to hold on until you've got an indiscriminate buyer. They're going to run the price up anyway, and then you can so- sell out at a higher price, Right. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, like, unless, like, it was, you know, oh, COVID yeah. and President Trump got, was, you know, Black Friday a, or something. Yeah, something Whoa. really, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you what you want to do. But, you know, I mean, if everything's normal, you know, it's yeah, not a bad idea. Black Monday. Black Friday is right before Thanksgiving, huh? Or right um, after that, Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving. Right but after. we never, we never go out for that. because yeah, that's a madhouse. I think we did it once and it just drove me crazy. I just, <laughs> my anxiety was just, just jumping out. And I was like, oh. and I don't get really anxious, but like. Well, people, I get anxious around a lot of people. It's a lot of people and they're part of, fighting over stuff. And I was like, this is not me. Part of my background 
Yeah, you, you know, get anxious in your way. Yeah, yeah, I get so. really anxious around a lot of pressing bodies. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, in, you know, investors would be looking at this for different reasons. Traders look at it, hey, I want to know what the uh, mutual funds are spending their, uh, you know, throwing the money at because obviously on payday Friday, I want to be able to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Investors, on the other hand, are going to look at it in a different way. They want to see what the flavor of the market is. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we're going to look at, um, you know, to, to read the flavor of the market is, uh, well, we can actually do it on, on a, we're going to look at the Magnificent Seven and a couple of other companies, okay? Mm-hmm. But we can do this really easily. Uh, I show my students this, uh, it's a free site. It's called Finviz right? Finbiz.com. And what we're going to look at there is a map of the S&P 500, right? The S&P 500 map. And it's just this big, I don't know, the screen's full of little squares, or some of them are kind of big squares. And what it shows is all 505 of the companies in the S&P 500, and approximately where, well, not approximately, but precisely where they are at the time. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you look at it at the end of payday Friday, you can see who was up and who was down. And on a payday Friday, who was up is going to be an indication as to where the the mutual funds are investing right now. Right. All right. Um, if it's down and the mutual funds are spending money on it, then that's probably a, not an indication that they're spending a lot of money on it. Yeah. They're throwing a lot of money at it, right? Right. Um, and so I'm going to go through the Magnificent Seven and then some other significant you know, honorable mentions here. Right. And we're just going to look at who is up and who That's is so down. That's so funny because I was looking at this too. Like I, Aaron writes up the show and I just sh- sit in and I read over the, the script and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I agree. I don't. Which and is awesome for me because then we get to talk about what I want to talk about. I know. It's like, how often does that happen? Fabulous, right? right? Fabulous for you. <laughs> Only once in the week. <laughs> Anyways. So, but I was, I was like, oh, I was looking at the same thing and the percentages of ups and downs. Anyways, go ahead. Keep going. All right. All right. So let's just go through the Magnificent Seven. Um, Apple is traditionally the, one of the largest Magnificent Sevens. Mm-hmm. All right. It was down by 0.6% today. It was. It was. All right. Microsoft. Up by 0.45%. Yes. A little bit smaller of a percentage of the S&P, so they kind of equal each other out. One's up, one's down. Mm-hmm. All right, they're kind of equaling each other out. Google, down 1.2% on the day. And this is, again, a day where the market shot up, right? Right. A little bit okay. surprised by those two, Apple and Google. Mm. Uh-huh. Meta, up 2.48%. Everybody's on their Facebook uh, sites. Amazon, <laughs> up uh, 0.83%. Tesla up 0.83 or 38%. Okay. Um, and NVIDIA up, up 4%. 4%. All right. Now, of those that are up, what do we see? Uh, NVIDIA was driving the market. Well, yes. NVIDIA <laughs> certainly was driving the market at 4%, right? Yeah. 4% mm-hmm. up. Uh, this was the driver. Mm-hmm. But um, all of these companies have traditionally been growth companies. Right. Apple and uh, Google have not performed as well in the growth area uh, in recent months as the others. All right. Um, so now let's go and take a look at some of the other significant mentions outside of the Magnificent Seven. So these have traditionally been held by value investors. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to look at the majority of these. All right. And the majority of these are, are you know, if the majority of these are down, then that would indicate that there's a shift in funds away from value 
and towards high growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So ExxonMobil up 1.26%. Okay. Uh, Chevron up 0.53%. So both of those oil companies. Okay. Right. Um, I would have expected those to go up since crude is making a comeback, right? It's going up. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see gold today? Uh, oh, gold had a real run. Oh, yay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Berkshire Hathaway, Berkshire B, mm-hmm. um, down point, it was down half percent, just over half percent, 0.56%. Mm-hmm. All right. JP Morgan, down 0.41%. Uh, Bank of America, down 0.49%. Wells Fargo down 0.95%, almost a full percent on Wells Fargo. Coca-Cola down 0.82%, again, almost a full point on that Mm. one. And Pepsi down 0.45%. All right, so an investor would look at this list, and what they would be trying to divine out of this is where the flavor of the market is. And so if you're looking at these, you know, those things that are going up... um, the majority of them aren't, you know, aren't the uh, the staples or the dividend stocks, all right? The ones that were going up today would, would be the growth stocks. Mm-hmm. And what that indicates is that the fund managers out there have really been leaning hard on these growth stocks. Um, now, this has favored the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ because they are full of, uh, you know, of growth stocks. If you've been watching the Dow, on the other hand, that has not fared as well on payday Fridays, okay? Mm. And it certainly didn't mm-hmm. today. It didn't do nearly mm-hmm. as well as as the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. Um, you know, so the Dow doesn't isn't as heavily invested, you know, part of the Dow 30, not as much tech there, not mm-hmm. as much growth stocks. It's more of the staples. Um, and therefore, you know, what we saw is that, uh, is that these fund managers are leaning way towards the growth, and yes, there is an, you know, the market is bullish based on the fund shift towards growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're looking at it saying, all right, growth is the way to go. And so, yes, the market, um, meaning the fund managers and kind of the overall general Joe know nothing, mm-hmm. you know, they are, they are very bullish on this market. All right. Now, does this mean that the market is going to continue to grow? Eh, well, all right. There's an underlying flavor that the fund managers expect future growth, but that doesn't mean that the fund managers are right. Mm-hmm. Okay, they have been wrong before. Once yeah. or twice or a lot. Well, it's like the cat know. or the monkey. They think they got about the same. Well, yeah, actually. <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> You're talking about the, the stock picking chicken. <laughs> no, it was the stock picking like cat or something, and it was yes. on that, uh, I don't know, that English guy that has his little pundit show on Comedy Central. Anyways, really funny. John Oliver. John Oliver. Yeah. That's right. We all need that cat. Anyways, <laughs> there's a terrible because, British accent yeah. for you. <laughs> because the cat outdid the, the, uh, the fund managers. Yeah, the fund managers. During that particular time frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By batting a little mouse. I was to like, stock where's that cat? I want the cat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Then I can blame the cat, not myself, if I do something wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I think that that's why people want other people to invest for them. Yeah, they can blame it on yeah. somebody else instead of being like, okay, I sucked right. today. Or yeah. I didn't see that. Relieves or, them of the pressure it of relieves the having pressure. to do well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have to psych yeah. myself up when I go to trade. Like, 
I have to be like, okay, hey, it's just a game. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. You then, know, and so then if I'm in that right fr- frame, I do better. Yeah. But yeah. And so if you're thinking about it, you know, the uh, if if you know what the fund manager knows, mm-hmm. but you're letting them trade or I'm sorry, invest for you, then what's actually going on is you're paying somebody to be your whipping boy or whipping yes. girl, you know, whatever. Yes. Uh, you're paying somebody to allow you to you know, to blame it on somebody else if things don't go right. Seriously. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's And the somebody's right thing willing to, do. to take your money. They're willing to be paid for that. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> You're just going to have to. All right. That. Anyway, so now you know the story. The majority of the fund managers seem to think that the market is upward bound. The general market investor seems to believe that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, does everybody believe that? Well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Warren Buffett. All right, Warren Buffett, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we said... A week ago. Well, okay, so two weeks ago, we said he was holding $157 billion. I thought it was 169 He is, right? But that just came out this last week. Uh-huh. So a week ago, we had to update that because Berkshire Hathaway is now holding $169 billion, indicating that they have you, I always you know, thought they liquidated okay. another $12 billion of stocks. Because they're holding 169 billion in cash, but also we got the minutes from the um, mm-hmm. Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, mm-hmm. right? So a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? I can't remember. Yeah. It was the student that talked about uh, or that asked the question, "Why is he holding 157 billion?" Was that Stephen? No, it wasn't Stephen. No, it was a student in class. Oh, it was a student in right? class. Okay. Yeah, uh, in one of the three-hour classes. And he said, yeah. you know, I just read an article, and the article said, hey, just because he's holding cash, you know, he's that doesn't mean that he expects the market to drop. Right. And, you know, that is a little bit... My student, you know, said, well, why... How could he not expect the market to... I mean, why would he hold cash if he expected the market to go up? Right. Which is a, an excellent question because there is no rational answer to that. Right. Um, except that he doesn't expect it to keep going up, I guess. Right. Well, didn't he say something where he's like, I don't like any of the companies that I'm looking at. Like, they all look like they're all just kind of floating. Yeah. What, what he what he actually said during his his meeting here is mm-hmm. he said, look, everything is too expensive for me to stomach buying it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, when things are expensive, that's an indicator that the investor involved thinks that it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Right. Too expensive. I'm going to wait for it to come back down before I buy in. And the fact that yeah. he's been selling it off. So now, you know, when he was asked the question mm-hmm. in his annual meeting, why are you holding cash? Mm-hmm. I personally think that that was the wrong question to ask. All right. I mean, it's very obvious why he's holding cash. Right. Now, what was what I think the the questioner was actually looking at is, hey, the market keeps going up. Why are you holding cash? And I think the answer to that is, hey. He, he's it's Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, when he wants to sell, he has to sell slowly. He can't just sell. Right. Because the market would, if he's selling $159 billion worth of, of stuff, He'll the market's going to tank. The thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would be a straight up sell off. And so if he wants the best price, he has to get out slowly, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the market can handle and still keep its, its yeah. momentum. Um, so that he gets the very best price. He's not stupid. But, 
And nor are his advisors. Yeah, he only sells when he thinks things are going down. So, you know, a little guy like us, we could sell a couple million dollars worth of stuff and the market wouldn't even see it, right? I mean, really, it wouldn't even notice that we were selling because there's buyers for us. But there's no buyers for $169 billion worth in one given day Mm -hmm. or anything like that. All right. Um, So... He's selling more and more. Last quarter, he was sitting on $157 billion. Now he's sitting on $169 billion in cash. Investors don't like holding lots of cash mm-hmm. because cash, unlike stocks, has no capacity to appreciate. All right? It depreciates in value 99.9% of the time mm-hmm. because of this nasty word called inflation. Right? Yes. So for every second he's holding cash, its, it's buying power is going down. Yes. Uh, so when investors only hold cash, if they expect to get better prices and therefore better Mm -hmm. returns in the future, then they can get right now. So is Warren uh, Buffett predicting a downturn? Well, his words during the annual, annual Berkshire meeting was that he was holding cash because he couldn't feel good about paying today's prices in equities. Did he Mm -hmm. outright say he expects it to go down? Well, no. No. But read between the lines here. You know, he was not asked why he sold what, you know, everything that he's been selling. But if he was asked that, then right. I would expect him to say, well, look, I'm selling my stocks because while I don't want to pay today's prices, mm-hmm. everyone else seems thrilled to pay today's prices. So I'm generously selling to them. Big hearted here, right? <laughs> you really want to buy it right now? It's very expensive, but Okay. I'll sell it to you. All right. Very More good. More than happy for you to buy. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is like, he probably has other money that's still in the stock market. I'm sure that's not like all of his money. I'm sure. Well, that's... It, it is a fair amount though. It, it is. It is a fair amount. Now he still owns some companies outright right now. He, he hasn't sold off Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Because why would he? He bought it back in the 80s. And it was like $2 a share. <laughs> well, yeah, he was buying it back, you know, when it was under a dollar a share. At, and and it's at 55 right now. So and it's, it's at like, 55. And, but also, it pays a dividend, dividend. of like $1.80 per year. He's so still he's making getting, 80 cents on it. He's getting almost 300% on, on the prices that he paid. He's getting 300% dividends every year. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, why sell that? So yeah, he's, he's on not, his cost basis. Yeah, he's not stupid. So why would he get rid of that? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it could take a 50% dive and he's still making a dividend and still way up money. No oh reason gosh. to get rid of that. Um, Seriously. Yep. Uh, he's, he's holding Occidental Petroleum. That's mm-hmm. a commodities company, and commodities typically go up and the market goes down. Uh, he holds a furniture store, I mm-hmm. think, still. Yeah. But he owns that outright. Mm-hmm. And then he holds, uh, uh, what was the other thing? Um, you know, Geico. So the insurance company. Yeah. Yeah. So but he's... he got out of the banking business, out oh, of Wells Fargo. Really? Yeah. Out of a lot of those other things. And maybe that's why Wells Fargo went down... Well, no, no, he he got out of that last year. Well, he did, but now everybody knows. But everybody knows now, so they're like me. Yeah, but they knew last year. Okay. Anyway, uh, so when it comes down to it, there are three golden rules of trading and investing. I'm going to present these in order of importance. Okay. Okay. Rule number one: buy low and sell high. All right. Well, Warren Buffett believes the same thing, so he bought low. Now he's selling, 
And so mm-hmm. he must believe that it's a high, right? Yes. All right. Rule number two, buy at the right time, sell at the right time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some people think that Warren Buffett is a buy and hold kind of person, meaning that he buys it and he never wants to let it go. Right. Uh, you know, yes. He loves to hold things forever if they're going up. Well, yeah. <laughs> if it's in a good place. He holds it as long as it makes sense to hold it. Right. Right. Um, but he will sell anytime he thinks that that uh, he can get it at a better price later, mm-hmm. as can be seen right now. Right. Yeah. Um. He is doing a lot of selling, and and that indicates that he either wants to change up his portfolio, but if he wanted to change up his portfolio, uh, he's really dragging out the cash. Right. Right. He's he's not he's not doing a lot to put his money back to work for him. Yeah. He's that's yeah. more of an indication that he thinks it's going down. All yeah. right. Anyway, buying at the right time is more important than keeping your money working for you. So Mm -hmm. rule number three, keep your money working for you as often as possible. All right. And that means that that you want as much time in the market as possible. Mm -hmm. But timing the market is even more important. That's what Warren Buffett is working on right now, right? Right. Um, So if uh, for those people that held their money from 2000, uh, you know, on... Mm -hmm. Well, Warren Buffett got rid of everything at 2000, picked it up at 2003. Right. At the bottom of the market. Mm -hmm. He made more money in four years than the average investor did in the 13 years following. (laughs) Okay. Because he bought at the right time. He sold at the right time. It's like, it's time to go down. I'm going to sell. I'm going to get out. He's very good at timing the market. That's excellent. And that's harder to do when you're Warren Buffett because you've got so much more to sell than everybody else. You do. Yeah. Anyway, Buffett understands that buying in 2000 and waiting until, you know, or buying in 2000 instead of waiting till 2003 after the market drop, mm-hmm. you know, gave him a massive advantage. Mm-hmm. So he sold in 2000, unlike everybody else, and bought in 2003. And that's what he's doing now. Yes. Okay. He's selling right now, waiting for something better to come along. Mm-hmm. All right. Paying half price for everything that people are paying full price for now. Um, so now, does that mean that everybody should sell everything right now? Hey, again, you're not Warren Buffett. You're all right? right. You're smaller. You're more agile, mm-hmm. which means that unlike Warren Buffett, you can actually take advantage. You can get closer to the top of the market than Warren Buffett can. Uh, but does that mean that you should that you should be a little bit cautious? Absolutely. Okay, so theoretically... Um, being smaller gives you mm-hmm. a, an advantage in performance over Mr. Buff- Buffett, okay? Right. Warren Buffett has said several times, if I had less money, I could actually, you know, I, I could be more profitable. Yeah. And what he was talking about is, eh, I have to act slowly where everybody else can act very quickly. And we're talking about profitable in percentage points. Correct. So, I mean, because, I mean, I'm all, well... How much more? How yeah. less money do you need? I mean, you got. If I had one hundred and sixty-nine billion, billion dollars, yeah. I'd be happy with eight percent instead of twenty percent on my. <laughs> I'd be happy with one percent. One percent. One percent. You have to take one percent, but I'm happy with it. You know, I mean, like, come on, come on. That was a shout out to National Treasure. 
Yes. Maybe maybe he's like I'm <laughs> happy with my 1%. percent, but I'm happy with my 0.05% or whatever. <laughs> whatever you had. I mean, anyways, yada yada yada. But so I mean, that yep. guy is just like it, anyways, it just <laughs> It's just funny. I could yeah. be more versatile. I'm like, well, thanks for just, I don't know. I feel like he kind of needles it every now and then when he says things like that, Warren Buffett. Yeah. I'm sure uh, he's not. I really think he's being honest. I really think yeah. he's saying, look, I could be more versatile if I had less more money and and you guys have a lot well, of the tools that you can use. So Yeah, yeah. You know, certainly he could be a little bit more agile, yeah. right? Um, he could, he wouldn't have to. But honestly, it does help when you have that much money and you're a market mover. Come on, well, let's be honest. Helps, it certainly helps at the bottom because, you know, like it or not, mm-hmm. when the bottom comes, when Warren Buffett decides it's the bottom and he takes that $169 billion and starts buying everything, mm-hmm. it's going to push the market up. Yeah. And the market's probably going to decide at that point that it's the bottom. So Warren Buffett just decided where the bottom was. <laughs> All right. Now he's not trying to decide where the top is. No. Right. He's getting out very slowly because he has to sell things off. Right. Otherwise, he would affect the market. Or otherwise, they'll be like, Warren Buffett, we're yeah. taking all your money. The government will be like, we're taking all your money because <laughs> you did this, blah, 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 which wouldn't even help uh, the national debt, yeah. just to let you know. But yeah, like, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. Well, or, or they would, they would pin it on some poor kid in England like they did. <laughs> Like five or six years ago, you know, you turned the markets around and da 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 da. Yeah, that was, that that was, was a little sketchy right that there. That was like so. Anyway, the kid played it right and, and everybody else got spanked, you know, and he well, got the money and, and they, he got some money and then they blamed it all on this poor kid in England. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and there was some real question as to whether he knew what he was doing. Exactly. But he was good at what he was he doing was anyway. He was good at what he was doing. Yeah. Anyways. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. So. Um, so the thing that Warren Buffett is saying is I, you could be more agile. And in theory, you could do better than Warren Buffett mm-hmm. because you're more agile. But yeah. in order to do that, you would have to act on the same principles and have the same market understanding that he has. Just understand uh, the difference between you and him. Okay. And so what he would probably never advise his friends to do is simply do whatever he does. He would tell them to do it in a different way because they are not in the same situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Well, um, so market timing, very important. That's what Mark, that's what Warren Buffett is working on now. He already has bought low and now he's selling high. And so rule number two, you know, buy at the right time. Yes. And that's what he's working on right now. Sell at the right time. That's what he's working on right now. Right. All right. All of you really need to do the same thing. All of, you know, everybody else still needs to do the same thing. The, the same three rules apply, but because we can be more agile, we don't have to do it when he does it. Our timing can be different. Our timing can be a little bit closer Should be to different, the edge. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if you want to learn how to uh, time the market like Warren Buffett, it turns out we teach classes. All right, in just those kind of things. So if you want to see the tools, rules, and strategies that would uh, allow you to uh, act a little bit more like Warren Buffett, come on in uh, to our three-hour class. All right, if you're in Arizona, uh, please come in in person. I'd love to see you. Um, Anywhere else in the world, all right, we do have online classes, or there might be a center near you because this is a franchised center. Yeah. All right, so there might be one of uh, the education centers near you. You're in Florida. You're in Florida. Sure. If you're in Minnesota, they got one in Minnesota, Texas. But but if you're in Arizona, come and see me personally, okay? Come come and see Uh, us. In any case, 
you can take an online class if you can't come in person. Yeah, I also want to put out a shout out. Like, it's really important to, oh, Aaron's looking at the clock and he's like, yo, girl, I was wrapping it up. But like, what I really want to put a shout out is to, it is important to study the charts and also to study the seasonality in the charts because some things trade differently during different seasons. And so you need to understand Mm -hmm. what the seasonality is and where things go. I mean, you need to understand August, you need to understand October and December and, um, you know, like that, that Santa Claus rally, people want the Santa Claus rally. And I think April is overlooked. I think so too, because Um, that's, you really should pay attention to April. And, and look over the charts and historically, what does April do historically and stuff? And how do people s- feel, you know, in, in the summer vacay, what happens to oil prices during that time <laughs> on average? You know, those are things that I just want to give some shout outs to. That's it's right. really important to find out the seasonality of things. And that's part of market timing. And if you want to learn that, come into one of our free three-hour classes. Mm -hmm. And how would you uh, go about uh, registering for that class, either in person or online? You would go to www.tradingacademy.com. That's www.tradingacademy.com. Hope to see you in class and hope to be talking to you next week.